Great. It's always good being prayed for by someone who's like taller than you. It feels like a voice from heaven coming <laughs> down, doesn't it? It's like, man, appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to um, be working together across our community of churches and all those people they're like they're like some of our favorite people they are you've got coming in over the next few weeks and last week with Dave King and Gordon who was with us he was an elder with us uh, years back and uh, certainly Dave um, good to come this week to clear up anything Dave said last <laughs> week but Dave, he's brilliant isn't he Dave I'm sure you had a good time and you know he's really been a, a benefit to us as a church over the years and done lots of stuff with us and then and then Clive Everyone calls him Uncle Clive. He's brilliant, and uh, on a personal level, certainly for myself and my wife Susie, we've we've met up with him and sort of talked through um, marriage stuff, even with him, which shows the the quality of someone like Clive. Because those of you that know a bit of his background, he's recently got remarried again, um, having um, had one wife that left him many years ago, another wife that sadly passed away, and now. Uh, another glorious marriage now God's blessed him with but being able to talk to someone who's who at that point single you know about your own marriage you think man they've got to, they've got to be quality person haven't they to be able to unload some of your stuff and uh, so I hope you have a great time with him is he coming a couple of weeks two time weeks, yeah. two weeks time yeah so we're working together that's the point and that that's what we're trying to do across our sort of group of churches is is to try and make it a bit more than just like names on a website because it can seem a bit vague can't it like we're all part of relational mission but it feels like it's something that's going on out there or that just the leaders do and so we're we're trying to think what can we do to get churches together so we're we're interestingly thinking about the autumn um, for having our prayers of many our enough prayer meeting um, in person and trying to do it down in Westmore in Kings Hill because we come across a, a great venue there, community centre, and thinking it'd be good to get boots on the ground there to pray together. Um, and it's, it's one of the places that over the years, um, some of us have said, oh, that'd be a good place for a church plant. So we're thinking, why not get some people down there? Let's pray together. So um, begin to think about that now. And, and I've been involved a few places, actually. Ashford was one of them. I remember going to pray in Ashford with a group of people before there was a church there. And uh, even before Graham Hall, who some of you will know, even lived in the area. Uh, and literally praying in a hotel a few times. And then within a couple of years, Graham uh, had felt a call to move down here from Norwich and to, to plant a church. So it... it it often starts in prayer, yeah. like where you've got nothing and you just think, let's do something or pray. And that, that's true in all areas, isn't it, of our life, not just church planted. It often starts in prayer. So be encouraged, keep praying, keep turning towards God and uh, keep, keep being people that are filled with the Spirit because that's what Spirit-filled people do and that's what we're on at the, mo- on at the moment. So um, we're going to be carrying on with your series. Is it, is it Spirit-filled life or Spirit-filled church? What have you called it? Living by the Spirit. Same stuff, in it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my head's full of it because we've, as I say, we've been in this for about uh, sort of two and a half months ourselves, and uh, and I think we do have to be intentional. It's right if if you if you forget this stuff, um, which is a key word, forget. That's what I want to look at today. If you forget about the importance of pursuing the Holy Spirit and making space for the Spirit, it, it, it's strange how it, it seems to dissipate a bit of our lives. And yeah, God's always got permission to come and do what he likes, but somehow when we ask, when we look, when we seek, 
the door is open and we receive. So we're praying for that this morning, Lord. Um, when I was, uh, when I was like I mentioned earlier, the sec- sort of like the second time I became a Christian, or when I gave my life back to God when I was in my early twenties, um, it was it was like powerful. And, uh, and one of the things that was really big to me was the was the the sense of God's presence of the Spirit and how good and how loving He was. And um, and I really felt today that this is what I want to zone in on. Um, there's lots of stuff, you know, maybe I'll bullet point a few things, you know. What you need to do to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, there is stuff. Um, we know that. But at the core, if, if we forget or drift from a sense of that the, the immediacy of God, our love for him, admiration for him, enjoying him, being like blown away by how brilliant and awesome he is that keeping in step with the spirit just becomes a bit mechanical mm. and I was thinking about this just preparing for this and, and thinking man it's, it's easy to slip into that um, I, I feel like I, I, I've got to reclaim something of what what I've had on and off over the years where it's like a fascination with God and, and I remember when I gave my life back to him when I was in my early 20s I used to go out at lunchtime because I was working for this uh, in this office up in uh, in Medway somewhere. And I used to go out at lunchtime and and I would just sit on a on a bench because it felt like it was all new to me. It was as if I'd become a Christian then, even though I knew <gasps> something had happened when I was younger. It was like that was when I had an encounter with the Spirit. I think at that, that point, in my early twenties, and I used to go out and sit on a bench and I used to use. Um, this very thing. Does anyone remember the old school Sony Walkmans or equivalent? Yeah. And uh, this one's quite modern because it's got a fast forward and a rewind. <laughs> Some of them, the cheaper ones, they only had like a fast forward, didn't they? You have to keep taking the tape out. There's even a tape in there. Look at that. What is it? It says house mix Ooh. on it. There we go. And, uh, and I, used to, I used to put the tapes in here. Um, I'd never come across them because I was out of the scene, you know, understand between ages of 13 and 22. So I'd never, I'd never come across vineyard worship tapes. So when I came back to God at that, that sort of era, it was, it was mid-90s. It was 1996. There we go. And uh, summer 96, I, I, the church in Medway, because I sort of come into the back of that, they were doing a catch the fire thing, and it was all like people being prayed for this. And I put, would put these tapes in there at lunchtime and just go out and sit on the bench and pray or try and pray or learn to pray. But I was just so full of, I can't believe this is all true. That's what it felt like. I can't believe this is all true. It really is true. What I did when I was younger, what my parents brought me, it's really true. God's really there. And I'd had this encounter. And I'd put this music on and I would often cry. You know, I'd be sitting there in my shirt and tie and I'd cry. I might have a sandwich, you know, out of the, the old foil. And I'd just think, God, you're amazing. And I'd be imagine I wasn't married then. I didn't have those sorts of responsibilities with kids, which I have now. It was just like, what are you going to do in my life? And it was all like, suddenly I was going that way and it was pretty dark. Maybe I'll mention some of that in, in a bit. Um, and suddenly it was like, it's gone in a whole new direction. It was like everything opened up. It was like, wow, how amazing God is. And so the, the spirit-filled life was something that really excited me and I, and I really wanted it when I went into church and people being prayed for and some of it was all a bit unusual in that era if you're around in church and people falling over and doing strange things. And I was like, 
wow, I don't know what's going on, but all I know is I want everything that God's got for me because he's so amazing and I trust him and I know he's good and I know he's going to change me and he might, it might be uncomfortable, but I want it. Um, but as the years go on or as we hit stuff in life, you don't always feel like that, do you? It's like it, it drains away and we end up just sort of doing the stuff by faith because we know it's right, um, but we, we, we've got to fight for that so we've got to hold on to that like awareness that God is good the nearness of his presence and his love and so keeping in step with the Holy Spirit depending on him in an ongoing way I think that's where it starts and where it stands and where it falls mm. so all the other stuff um, rests on that everything that we've got and Dave King last week I think he was on baptism in the spirit and we've been through Pentecost Sunday, so we know what Acts 2 was about. Um, but but you, you, you will remember, probably most of you, that it, it was a promise. It was a, a promise in the Old Testament in the book of Joel. And, and the promise was given by grace. It wasn't dependent on how we're feeling or how the people at the time were feeling or what they were doing. It was dependent on God said, this is what I'm going to do. By grace, I'm giving you this promise. I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And, and the Acts 2 was the receiving of that. In other words, it's, it's what we have is, is all about grace. It's based on the grace and the goodness of God, even the spiritual gifts, which you've probably been in and out of and reminding one another of. That The word in the New Testament means grace gift, doesn't it? Charismata. So everything we have is by grace because God's good, he's loving, he's generous. That's where we start. So any to-do list... And let's just remind ourselves, yeah, there's some to-dos. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? Um, we know Galatians 5.25, keep in step with the Spirit since you live by the Spirit. So we have to, we have to keep pace with him. We have to discern and, and listen and do what he's telling us to do. Um, we have to have an alternative drink. So it says in Ephesians 5, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So we know that if you pursue certain things in life you might get full up on them instead of pursuing God so you have to make a choice what's my drink going to be am I going to pursue uh, money and career and jobs am I going to be captivated by what's going on in some sporting event and my life is all about that and on the side I have an occasional drink of God or am I pursuing and getting filled up with God keep your eyes on someone else Jesus said John 5:19, the son of God can do nothing by himself he only does what he sees the Father doing. John 5.30, by myself I can do nothing. I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So we know keeping the step of the Spirit means you can't do it like Jesus. Only by keeping my eyes on what the Father's doing and obeying him. So this is about knowing the Bible, putting it into practice and so on. Obeying, Jesus said, whoever has my commands and obeys them, He's the one who loves me, John 14, verse 21. So we know keeping in step with the Spirit must mean obeying the, the Bible and knowing the Word of God. And so if you don't read it or listen to it or study it, you won't know it, so you won't know what to obey. Uh, and then finally, suffering. So we know suffering, somehow God is working in difficulties to help us to depend on him. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 9, the Apostle Paul says, we don't want you to be uninformed about the troubles we experienced in Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. So we despaired even of life. And sometimes we might feel like that. We despair even of life. But it says, 
This happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So a spirit-filled life is, is all these things in the context of the difficulties and pressures of life that, that cause us to keep kind of coming back to God. You do, it's like you don't get long to just sort of crest on an easy life thinking, my life's so spirit-filled because nothing ever goes wrong. I don't have any difficulties. There's no pain or trials. or no, I'm not, never hit by sickness. I just walk in a dream. Um, normally, life will hit you with stuff. But are you depending on God in it? Are you turning towards him? Are you obeying him? Are you choosing to drink from him and so on? There's all that stuff. But uh, that's about what I'm going to say on that because I want to get back to... The, the goodness and the grace of God, because that's where it stands and falls. Psalm 103, we'll read a few verses from there, just the first few verses, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So there's that word. Forget not what he's done. In, yeah, in your life, in saving you and what that means is grace, but forget not what he's been doing for thousands of years. Because he forgives all your sins, he heals all your diseases, he redeems your life from the pit and he crowns you with love, there it is, and compassion. Not he crowns you with a list of things to do, he crowns you with this and from that you start doing stuff so that then your youth is renewed like the eagles. Heard that this morning, haven't we? Your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Verse 8, he's compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse and he doesn't harbour his anger forever. Doesn't treat you as your sins deserve or repay you according to your iniquities. Because as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So that's Old Testament. We should know that even more. We can know that even more because we've seen it even more expanded in Jesus. So how do we know it's true? Because it's in there. You can see it all the way in the, the Old Testament. Once you get to Jesus, you're like, it's like it's really underlined, put in neon lights, expanded. And, and when I sit on the, the park bench listening to my Walkman, that's what I'm thinking at that time. I'm overwhelmed with that, and somehow that gives energy to then take action. And, that, and, the, and I'm telling you, at the time, the energy I had was like amazing. Okay, I was, you know two years younger, um, but I had energy to get up. We had prayer meetings at church every morning. I'd be up down there at like six o'clock in that era. You know, I'd cycle on my bike. You know. It's like the, the energy was like, oh, I just I can't get enough of it. And so my, my prayer for me and, and for you here in the church in Faversham and, and beyond across our cluster is, God, give, give, give us that kind of Further. May we not have to wait too many months and years before we slip into that. Mm. It, please let it not just be, oh, it's like that back then, but you just don't get back there. Because once you mature, you, we've discovered it's just a bit more do it by faith. Uh, is it? You know, what's going on? I, th I think there's a depth. God's calling us into greater depth. Sometimes the pain and the pressures, the suffering that came on people like Paul, that caused you to despair, they come, it comes more. It was work, it, it's probably harder now than it was then, when I was in my early 20s. But it feels like God's saying, come on, there's more. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be satisfied with the park bench and the work Walkman now. 
It doesn't feel as new. I've got new pastures. I've got new areas for you to occupy in me and in the spirit. So don't, don't hold back. Don't drift. Don't sort of stop and think, well, I've arrived. I'm all right. I'm plateauing. Now you've got to make some choices. Stop drinking from that. Okay, you're not drinking from all the horrible old drinks you used to have, but you're drinking from stuff that's just filling you up. Stop drinking that. Drink from this instead. Um, Okay, you're obeying me in these big things. You've sorted that out years ago, but come on, you know I've been talking to you about this, and you've just been saying, well, it's not that important, it's not that big, but come on, come on. And so the energy we have from God's love moves us forward. Um, when, when I, whenever I read that psalm, and uh, there's, a, there's a line in it that says this, it says, he redeems my life from the pit. And, and I always think about pit life. Is there a little, have you got that photo up there you can project? The, the, this, this is on my wall in, the, in the, the, the shed or the cabin that I use. And uh, when I've, I've, it's, it's got this Psalm 103 there, and next to it, it'll pop up in a minute, it's got, um, I've written the words pit life next to um, where it says, because I, I think of my life as being in a pit. Like when I read pit life, I literally think of myself back in my late teens as being in a pit, like a, a physical pit, like literally you, you've, I've been drinking and I've fallen down on the side of the road. That was me at one point. Or I'm lying on the floor in a nightclub, like kind of in a pit. So when it says that, that's what my, where my brain goes. And I don't know what pit you've been in um, or what pit you might feel in now, but we have to think about that because pit life can mean all sorts of people. But whenever I look at that phrase, I always think of a 1990s song as well. Anyone got any ideas on that? All the people, so many people. Park Life by Blur. I don't know why. So Psalm 103 is like, for me, is pit life and park life. Pit life and park life together. It's like, get that out of my head. But that, 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 the song from the 90s, Park Life, is a strange song, but it's all, it seems to be all about... Living a free and easy life. You know, you can make your decisions like as you're walking through life, this is happening, that's happening. You're just kind of shooting the breeze kind of thing. It's got that free and easy spirit about the everyday realities of life. But we all know that that life is, is more pit life than park life without God. And when we become Christians, we might say, yeah, it does feel a bit more park life. But the pit life, it still lurks. It still tempts us. We still carry the, the, the scars, the memories. And we still slip into, as it were, different pits. But I feel like God is wanting to underline to us today that he, he wants us to move from the pits we're currently in, or maybe we slipped into and we got comfortable there, in, into new life. So it's pit life into new life. And new life is spirit-filled life. We know that. And spirit-filled life is a life that is based on and full of the goodness and the grace of God, enjoying him and remembering, not forgetting what he has done in your life and and becoming fascinated with God again. So that's, that's where the energy comes. And so, 
you may be like me, that when, when I read that psalm and I think pit life, park life, new, the new life I've got and the spirit-filled life, I'm, re- I'm reminded, it's like it, it, it comes back, all the verses and the feelings, it's like they, they're, they're cultivated again. Psalm 40, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. That's you, ch- you too. Not you too, the band. We're going really not nice here. That's you too, if you're a Christian here today. He's lifted you up out of the miry pit. And so how, how do we do that? How do we cultivate? How do we not forget? We have to remind ourselves. That's why it's brilliant that you gather at most basic level, getting together with other Christians like this or midweek, other contexts, prayer meetings. You get a reminder, don't you? Like on Friday night, if we get together online, um, you're reminded of the goodness of God because you're going to hear testimonies from others. You're going to hear someone else going, thank you, God, for this and this and this and this. And it fills you again with that thankfulness and that faith. So where are you at at the moment? It it could be that the, the pit life, as it were, which has crept in. It could be that it's stressful relationships, that are going on in your life and it's like that's the the darkness that creeps in it could be patterns of sin or anger something like that you know that just keeps cycling around could be a, a, a mental depression or darkness that comes in loneliness sickness and love to pray with people I'm going to share something about a healing this morning could be grief or disappointment. It could be an eternal pit. If you don't know Jesus, or you've drifted far away, then there is a kind of eternal pit that scripture talks about. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the brightness of God, and are in in a pit of darkness, Romans 3.23. And the, the wages of sin is death. That's ultimate darkness, ultimate pit life. But the gift of God, there we are again, that word, the, the, the charisma of God, the gracious, loving gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23. So we've got to remind ourselves of that. And if, you, if you've drifted or you're not sure this morning, then you have to make a decision. It's not automatic. We have to say, yes, I believe that and I want in on that. It's, you've got to take a step towards that Otherwise, you don't move out of pit life into new life, which is spirit-filled life. And so we've got to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to go on cultivating. And recently, I was reminded again about when I was even younger. We're going way, way, way back now to, to, you know, into my like six months old. And uh, Psalm 131, some of you may know that one. It's a very short psalm. And it's just got a few words in it. Um, it says this in the middle of it. I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. In other words, the anxieties and worries, stuff that comes with pit life, stuff outside of God. I don't get bogged down by that, but I've calmed and quieted myself and I'm like a weaned child with its mum. Like a weaned child, I'm content. And so... This imagery of being like a child that is, 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 is filled, like the spiritual stomach and appetite is filled up and content, not, not, not crying with anxiety and 
thinking about this recently on, on my wall, again, in my cabin. I've got this picture here. This is 1970s here. And um, you may not be able to see it. You might need your glasses on. But that's, um, that's me and my mum there from probably 1974, which is when I was born. And, and there's, another, there's another one in the series, which is in my dad's album. Uh, my mum passed away about three years ago. And uh, in the album, there's a sequence of these shots. And what, one of them is the same kind of shot, but it's got my head turned toward my mum's cheek. And I'm basically like feeding, biting on my mum's cheek and drooling all over it. And my mum's got the same face. She's delighted. She's, she's happy. And, uh, and, and I felt, thinking about what we're talking about today, the goodness and the love of God. I'll leave that there, you can have a look at it later. And this psalm here as well, it sort of chimes in with what we're talking about in Psalm 103. That, that God's saying, look, back in the day, meet me, some of you, you, you used to like feed on my cheek. Like it was more like that when you sat on that bench and you were trying to understand what it was to be in step with the Spirit. Yeah, you were trying to understand it, but at heart, it was like you were climbing up on me. You were, you were approaching me in a childlike way. You weren't as clever as you are now. You didn't know as much of the Bible. You didn't have all the answers, but you were, you were much more happy in me. And it was like you were, you were, you were biting my cheek. Uh, you were biting the Father's cheek. And and so I, I stuck that on my wall next to Psalm 103 to remind myself that God's saying, don't forget that and fight for that. It seems silly, it seems childlike, it seems immature. It seems like, really? But we're reminded, it's what Jesus said, isn't he? Let the children come to me. Faith has got an aspect of being like a little child when you come in. And so the love that you knew from your mum is nothing compared to the love that I have for you. The affection that you knew from your mum and that you, you kind of sense in that picture, it's nothing compared to the affection of God because that's how loving I am. But your mum could never give you what you wanted. And, and in my mum's case, it was, it was, she, she lived the, the, the pit in her life was eating disorder, which she had since she was a teen. And she amazingly made it to her, her mid-70s which was a miracle and, and at times she was so underweight you, you'd be shocked and disturbed you know and off, often hospitalized so that's what I grew up in so the irony is that that picture which is so kind of loving and seems so perfect behind it that there's a mum that couldn't actually provide the food that I needed if you like the emotional food um, and even the physical food in terms of need, needing bottles and so on like that. And, but yet, I know my mum's love. Even when I look at that, I'm warmed by my mum's love. But I know the reality that my mum was having to do what we're talking about today. Fight. Fight through. Battle through. Keep her eyes on God through it all, which she did. But that, that pit, as it were, was always lur lurking. But God says to you, I'm so good, so loving. I'm never lacking. I'm, God's not working through any issues. He's not lacking food to feed you with. He's not lacking emotional capacity. He's never worried. He's never stressed. He's not worried about our ups and downs or where you've come from and all the awful things we have and haven't done. That the love of God undergirds it all. So if you want to be filled with the Spirit, we've got to get fascinated by that. We have, we have to 
say thank you. We have to remind ourselves. We, have, we do have to pray and declare his goodness and find a way of doing it on our own and with other people. We've got to come back to the great exchange that made this possible. Isaiah 53, like a pit life exchange. He went into the pit so that you might be lifted out of it and know his goodness. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we're healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way, but the Lord's laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's been a switch over, isn't there? So if we don't go back to these verses and say, Lord, thank you. God, you've done this. And we, we dwell on it and we wait on it. Our hearts are easily going to get captivated by other things. So dependency on the Holy Spirit means that we push into this, that we seek out what it means to be like, saturated in the goodness and the grace and the love of God. And I, I want to finish by playing a little clip, if that's all right. And if you put the slide up, just to explain it, to give it its context, there's a little picture that will come up there um, of Dwayne Miller. And then I'd love to, to pray with you and trust God for some of his, his goodness today in terms of the touch of God. Um, this, this is a true story that you can find this online. So it's going back to the 1990s, which we've touched on already, uh, park life, blur era. And uh, this is in America, in Texas. And this, the guy here, uh, Dwayne Miller, he, he contracted a virus which damaged his, his vocal cords. Uh, he was a pastor, he was a Bible teacher, and it, it was basically incurable. And he, he saw loads of people, 63 specialists, and over two or three years, it was like hundreds of different people had involved. said, just can't do it. The, the damage, the scarring's there, sorry. So it, it basically removed his voice. He could only speak in a bit of a whisper. It was difficult, it was a challenge. And, and as a result, he had to resign as a pastor and moved away, his wife got another job. So it, it, it was devastating for him. Um, at the, if you like, the, the pit life had started to, to creep in on him. And three years after this had all happened, um, he was asked to stand in for a morning, early morning Bible like class, which was sort of before the main service in the crypt uh, of the church they were part of. And they said, don't worry, go slowly, we'll listen carefully. Um, here's the passage for today. It was Psalm 103, uh, the bit that we've just read. And he said that in that particular point in time, he was so low that he'd, he'd actually been looking to take his own life. I won't tell you what he did. You can read it online. There's kids in the room. But he'd basically been at that point. So he was low. He didn't want to live anymore. He had no faith, if you like. He wasn't cresting on the spirit. But he was still turned toward God in faith. He was still doing the right thing. He did say, this is probably a good thing to do. I'll do it. And as he begins to preach on this, you'll hear what happens, which is basically he's healed in the middle of it. And you hear it. There's a recording of it. And they didn't normally record all their meetings. So only this meeting was recorded uh, on tape uh, every week. And so it was like the timing of God, the goodness of God entered in that moment and preserved this testimony so that others may hear it. And uh, you'll hear what happens in the moment as he's speaking through this passage. So if that's all right, let's do it. 
amazing, isn't it? And uh, I thought it would be good to finish and pray with people. I don't know if we need to get the kids back or whatever, but the, the point is that there, was, there wasn't faith there. This wasn't a gift. It wasn't someone using their healing gift. This was purely the goodness of God, that in that moment, in the sovereign, mysterious timing of God, God decided, I'm going to heal him as he's reading through that verse. <laughs> He's, he's not even, if you read the backstory, which you can, like, he was struggling with it. So I know it's true, but I don't really believe it. He didn't even believe it fully for that moment. And God's so good, so loving, so gracious that that's the kind of thing he does do. He has done throughout all generations. We know it to be true. He may not have done it now or lately or in your life in the way that you want it, but that is who he is. And you may say, why not me, God, now in this situation? Or why, why have I lost sight of that? But this is who he is. And so starting from that point, starting with that point, we say, thank you, God. I know that's who you are. I don't understand it all. Like Psalm 131, I don't occupy my mind with things too wonderful for me. But like a weaned child, I will come to you. I will be filled spiritually and be at rest. Because I know you're good. And it may be today is the day where he brings healing, where he gives a spiritual gift that you've been seeking about, where he's going to turn something around and you're going to know that love and that joy coming back, that passion for him. So is that all right if we pray yeah. and respond? Do we need to get kids back or should we just crack on with it? Um, I think maybe... Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, well, let's, um, let, let's stand if you're able to, if you're comfortable, and let's pray. And perhaps we could, could are we able to sing as well? Or is that tricky? So we, we'll have a bit of background. So, you know, we, we don't need to work it up. It's good to have an atmosphere and all that sometimes, but God doesn't have to have an atmosphere standing there reading through the Bible sometimes that's it boom it's enough for God so we're coming to God so whatever it is is it is it healing is it a spiritual gift is it God I'm weary and tired I've lost that joy and love for you that I, that I once had and whatever it is let's stand before him and say God yes please I know you're good I trust in you I do I look toward you today I want to be like that that still wean child I'm not going to worry or be anxious about that, but I'm going to praise you because you're so good. And so you might want to stand or sit in a bit. You might want to kneel down. Uh, but we're, we're doing this together, whatever it is. And then perhaps, you know, we can pray with a few people if need be. But uh, God's so good, so powerful. It's like, wow, yeah. He says elders anoint with oil and pray and be healed. But he doesn't need elders to do it. Sometimes he does it without so we can do both today. We can pray for you as well and trust in God. So as we worship, just reach out to him. Come on, let's begin to reach out to him and say, thank you, God. You're so good. You're good to, good to me. You are good in my past, good in my present. Been good through all generations. Oh, my soul, praise the Lord. I enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. But I won't forget all of his benefits and blessings. So come on, let's worship him and just engage with him. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Thank you that you, you're present. Thank you that today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of healing. Today is a day 
where change will come. Thank you that today is a day where we return to you. We receive, like, again, a, a love and delight for you. Lord, make us like ch children, make us like kids. In your presence, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.